Why is your Google Doc the Capuchin? My Google Doc is the what? It's a Capuchin. You know, like like my account picture. Yeah. Uh, I just see an M. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a uh, the anonymous neon cat. You're a neon cat. Huh, I don't know. Yeah, here I'm gonna send it to you right now. That's uh, that's funny. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, it's in the Discord. You're an anonymous neon cat. I don't, I don't know how I feel about oh, it. Oh, I am. Yeah, I'm represented as an anonymous user. Interesting. Let me see. Picture. I've seen Exequatl, I've seen rhinos and elephants and alligators. <laughs> this is the first time that they made it like actual with um a legitimate avatar. I don't know. That, that I don't that makes me kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, that's funny, I've never seen that. You didn't do anything? No, not a thing. Well on my side, I mean I'm logged into my Google account, so I had assumed it would be using that. I don't know why it's anonymous, but uh is your Google <laughs> account of Neon Cat? No. My Gmail, it, it doesn't have a picture. So on my side, it's just an M for the first letter, like minus. So it just it's like a red circle with an, a white M inside it. Actually, no, Gallant and I had a whole discussion about this. That M, that, that's me, not you. That M, it's me, not you? Yeah, that, that M is me, not you. You don't see yourself. On the Google Doc, you, you don't see yourself viewing it. Oh, on the Google Doc, I don't see anything. On the right side where it shows my like actual account, that's oh, what it shows. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, on the Google Doc itself, I don't even see myself. I just see you in here. All right, let's do video gaming as we do that at some point, right? We do. Okay. I'm sitting down. Uh, I need to put that away in a little bit. I'm going to light a candle. A candle will be nice today. I have a whole bunch of candles in my room that I never lit, and they're starting to take up space, so I'm starting to light them. Kind of just to go through them, but also because they actually do make the room smell nice. I like it. What led you to buying candles? I can't remember. I like the smell. I had a time where I liked the smell of them. And don't get me wrong, this is not trying to be a toxic masculinity type thing. I'm just very confused. Like, you know, just in, in general, I'm always interested. Like, what... what? What were you doing in the candle section? Because you have to go there. It's its own aisle. You know that thing where you go into stores and you kind of snake every aisle? Well, I really only go to my neighborhood Walmart. But, I, but yes, that is true. That must be a time where I was snaking through parts of the home section. Maybe when I was like shopping for, I don't know, some random shit for the room. Yeah. And I go down the aisle that's got the candles. Uh, and you stop in and you're like, huh. This candle says sugared birch. The hell does that mean? You smell it. You're like, oh, that smells good. And all of a sudden it's in your cart. Do you even know what a birch is? It's a tree, isn't it? I don't know. I'm asking you. You bought it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a birch is a tree. Um, I mean, I, it, does, I don't... it does smell like a tree that's on fire. I feel like that should be concerning. <laughs> hmm. it smells like a desk on fire. That's weird. 
You see, I, I don't have, I'm not a homeowner, so I don't know this thing. Is it like the final step of being a homeowner where you're like, how about I invite things into my home that could potentially set it on fucking fire? Well, I think it's that layer of, uh, of risk and excitement that really is the only thing that gets you hard these days. Hello and welcome everyone to VG Weekly Roundup, number one unranked weekly video game podcast every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Central Time and Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time, except for today, don't worry about it, it happens. We come to you live for our question this week's biggest gaming news, host topics, and what we've been playing right here at twitch.tv slash closp. That's twitch.tv slash c-l-o-s-p, l-o-s-p, c-l-o-s-p, c-a-b-c-d, um, twitch.tv slash c-l-o-s-p. Please remember, Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming and one free month of channel. One free month I Twitch up for any channel, and we let that be that channel for you. But if not, uh, I need speech classes, folks, and I can only get that with your sub. It, it doesn't come cheap. You've, you've seen you've seen this country. We're in we're we're in America. We we need your help. We if need the donation, education. We need the education where we can get it. Exactly. Somehow. This is how I speak, and it's only gotten worse, apparently, from what the children tell me. The children. Anyway, I'm your host, Silas P. P. As always, I'm joined by the resident speedrunner and wannabe game dev, minus of at minus 27 on Twitch. I don't speak good sometime, too. I seen him do it. I seen it. This is episode 13 on Thursday. June 30th, 2022. Why did I want to say January? It's June 30th, 2022, the <laughs> final day of Pride Month. So allow me to start the show as we have been all month with some feeling in it. Fuck Greg Abbott. Me and all my homies fucking hate Greg Abbott. And the Supreme Court. And in general, any political figure in the U.S., just fuck them. This week, we've got a number of stories for you. Uh, Xbox Cloud Service is going to be getting some expansion on how you can go ahead and interact with it. The Steam Deck may become more available. Spellbreak didn't deserve what it got, but what can you do? Activision Blizzard being terrible. And Sony saying, you know what? Microsoft was on to some good ideas. Well, let's not admit it, though. Let's only copy them in every way, shape, and form. And... We will do a recap of the Nintendo Mini Direct Partner Showcase that happened last week, right? It was last week? Yeah, it was last week. Um, Sounds right. I, I don't know. Uh, real quick, real quick. I'm just noticing this. I need to make sure of something. You know what would help with this channel is that when we start the podcast, or before we start the podcast, considering we do a pre-show beforehand, uh, I actually went ahead and let the world know that we are recording said podcast. You know, just general marketing ideas. <laughs> but this week, we will again, or this Thursday, we will again not be doing what we've been playing because we have so much to talk to you about. We're running a little late. 
And what can I tell you? I, I want to keep playing Fire Emblem Three Hopes. And I'll talk about that at some point in the future. But for right now, I'd rather just do all the things to get back to playing it all the more reasons. So, we'll go ahead and jump in right to the first story of the night. First up is xCloud's service will soon have mouse and keyboards reports from Austin Goslin at Polygon. Microsoft's Xbox Cloud gaming service, xCloud, is getting a few upgrades in the near future. The company started encouraging developers to add mouse and keyboard support to more of their xCloud-compatible games and reduce latency on the service. Microsoft said during its Xbox game streaming discussion at XFest, the mouse and keyboard support feature hasn't made it to xCloud's PC users just yet, but Microsoft says the developers can begin adding support to their games now. That way, the, fut the feature will turn on a... Wait, hold on. That way the feature will turn on on X Yeah, it will turn on on Xbox Cloud Gaming as soon as it's available. This is Polygon again. Um skipping ahead a few a bit. Uh, Microsoft also developers know about the company's new plans to decrease latency for game streaming. Through its new Display Details API, Microsoft is cutting down on some of the most taxing and slow processes of streaming. This new process uses a direct let's see direct capture to stream the game instead of Microsoft's previous more complicated display pipeline process. If developers utilize this direct capture streaming method, the end result could be a reduction on latency of up to 72 MS according to Microsoft. The downside is the technology does not yet support HDR and currently has a max resolution of uh, 1440p and will run at 7, 720p on phones and 1080p on PCs and browsers. While the xCloud Gaming has continued to support streaming up to 1080p at this time, the trade-off in latency should still be significant improvement. And Microsoft says that it's working to increase the quality uh, possible, uh, increases the quality possible on the new system. I'm excited for it. This is um, I I I think that when it comes to game streaming, uh, this might just be my opinion. Uh, the last thing that I really think too much about is high fidelity. Uh, I don't really expect to stream with such precision a 4K game um, and get the same level of latency I do from having that thing downloaded on my machine. You know. So mm -hmm. I find this news acceptable for them to say 720p on phones and 1080p on PCs and browsers. Uh, that seems fair. Yeah, for streaming. Uh, it's yeah. For streaming, for sure. Uh, as long as the latency is still acceptable. Depending mm -hmm. on what you're pay playing, that late that in latency getting up there can make the game unplayable. So uh, I do agree that that should be more the focus. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about as a person who, like, I, I still love my physical uh, content that is for, you know, um, consumption in terms of, like, film, uh, TV, uh, anime. I buy the Blu-ray discs. I buy the 4K discs. I'm very much that physical person in that sense. With games, I don't buy physical anymore, really. I honestly don't. Like, the, um, I had a whole segment on the last show about Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 3 and how I'm so looking forward to that game. I love those games. But... I will not be buying the collector edition because I don't want to. I, I don't want the physical thing in my you know my room anymore. I don't, I just don't want it. I like the collector edition, but I don't want a game. I don't want to buy it twice. Um, 
and it's not like it's intentional i'm avoiding buying physical games at all period like all of my consoles i got the physical editions of them but it just you know when it comes to games i i like high quality i do it's a big thing for me but i rather a high quality experience with it like you know i want it to feel good that's why i want max frames per second that's why i like personally native uh ultra wide support for displays you know like 4k and 120 or, or 60 that's a gorgeous thing absolutely but not every game even with how good that looks is made to that quality of it really standing out you're looking much more for like triple a products in that case uh which can make it seem like different games like final fantasy 7 remake you know the actual update on their um is going to go ahead and be a situation of it was such a different game because of how different performed honestly um but in terms of like if i'm a person who's streaming games at that point i understand the trade-off i'm doing i understand you know that i am choosing to go with the actual like i want to respond better not look the best as long as it looks stable and i'm making that choice i'm okay with it and they will improve it as time goes on I um I learned a couple of things recently. One, um I I I spent a long time since I bought physical. Uh, mm-hmm. I did learn recently, especially with with the way that things work. Um when when you start having like larger, I guess families, households, mm-hmm. um it starts to get a bit easier to have physical copies to share around on consoles so that you can keep, you know, kids with their with their uh uh, slimy little fingers off your PS5 yeah, or stuff like that. And you could just like hand a controller or hand a game over to their consoles or, or yeah. what have you. I'm finding a new use. M- most recently it's been switches, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I used to just buy them straight on the store and put them on my switch. But then if I wanted one of the kids to play, I'd have to hand them my switch. Yeah. Um, and so now I've actually been picking up a few games physically so I could just hand them the, the, the card and then they can go off and play. Um, so it's it's kind of back to like a, a little bit of a balance for me when it comes to physicals. Um, I will say though, uh, and this is getting back to the streaming side of it. Uh, I actually did because you know Steam's having their summer sale right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's 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 that 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 latent urge that used to be a lot stronger in the past, but I still have it of ooh sales on. Let's go see what's on sale. Maybe something that was on my wish list or something I didn't think about. That's like fifty percent off. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I started opening tabs for all of those games, but uh, I kid you not, I actually did have the Xbox app on the side. And yep. for every game I went and looked for, I checked to see if it was on Game Pass. Yep. Um, specifically, there was one I found that I almost got, which was uh, Yakuza, uh, mm-hmm. Like a Dragon. Uh, I saw it. I was like, oh, it's on sale. I should probably pick it up. And then I went and looked and I can straight up stream that game. Yeah. Uh, I don't even need to download it. So I was like, okay, cool. I can kick this one off my list then because if I want to play it, I'll just go there for it. I don't need to buy it on sale. Um, and so, I mean, even then, at least they're going to remove it at some point, you can still buy it at a discount from game pass before right. it gets removed. Cause you automatically get a, you get a discount. It may not be yeah. much, but you get a discount period. Yeah. Admittedly to me, I feel that if I ever get that desire to play, and it has since fallen off. Um, I mean, did, 
there's so many there's so many games and games aren't stopping coming out so mm -hmm. i guess it's never just my biggest concern um it and and so to see the the discussion here their x cloud uh upgrades that they're getting the mouse and keyboard support obviously uh a big need right so and then the reduce on latency for the service so i say i say that this is only good things uh and uh i mean the service and a lot of the games game pass stuff has been moving Real more quick. into more into my daily stream yeah feel free to complete uh complete your thought and move on to the next one i gotta take care of some quick all right okay yeah go ahead so the yeah just just to kind of end on that thought i like the cloud service updates they're doing i like the direction that this is flowing and uh, i know that we'll see what comes from this so we'll move on i know that while p's handling something real quick i'm going to move on to the next article that we have uh it's a bit of a short one but but uh, i can start the talk on it real quick this is about uh valve uh, and it says here uh, Val will double the number of Steam decks it will ship. This is from George Yang over at IGN. Valve announced that it will be shipping more Steam Deck handheld devices in Q3 as the company's production has increased. A quote from them. Hello, some great news on the production front. We just sent the last batch of Q2 emails and we'll start sending Q3 reservation emails on the 30th. Valve explains in a tweet. Production has picked up, and after today, we'll be shipping more than double the number of Steam Decks every week. Valve UX designer Lawrence Yang also clarified that Valve was sending out a certain number of Steam Deck units per week in the past. However, starting this week, Valve will start shipping twice that amount. As Steam Deck orders have slowly been fulfilled by Valve, the company sent out several software updates to it, including adding a lock screen and window switching capabilities. Valve has also delayed the Steam Deck's docking station accessory, but fortunately, this didn't impact the manufacturer's schedule of the device itself. So um, I'm actually going to pull this up for myself just to talk a bit more about it. But um, I think I'm actually in that Q3 release. I'm wondering, since today, part of at the time of our recording, it is the 30th. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I actually received my email yet, but uh, I am looking forward to actually getting a hands-on and messing with it the dock uh okay that's okay i can wait a bit um but it'll be nice to see uh these things starting to flow yeah yeah like um for myself ultimately like uh, you know me well enough uh the steam deck is a me thing and absolutely it's oh look new uh fancy piece of hardware that I can um, play games on for a little bit, convenience, um, just flash a new thing, and then I forget about it and play it again, but I don't regret it. It's, it's very much a me thing. I am that person that uh, saves the money so much to go ahead and do these big expensive things and enjoy them for a little bit and kind of go from there, just to have the, you know, uh, hands-on impression. I'm, I'm normally the, that early adopter type. Same with the consoles everything. I've been saying it for months now. I, you know... As much as I love the um, optimization for the PS5, it I just stare at the thing most days and just like for months on end, it's like to stare at like what the fuck is the point of you? Because they have so few like reasons to play it as opposed to when I'm on my Xbox playing a Game Pass game to pass some time or you know using an app or something like that. 
or um, you know, on my PC where I play most of my games, or the Switch because the Switch is Nintendo and Nintendo games aren't anywhere else. Um, so you know, I typically am that person of like, I'll be an early adopter, see what's about. This time around, like, maybe it's my age, maybe I'm responsible, maybe it's because I don't hate myself with my new job. I finally, in, at some point in my life, that I don't feel the need to, you know, retail therapy myself. But like, I look at the Steam Deck, and I think at some point I see myself buying one, absolutely. But I think it's just a little too big for me personally. I am not a uh, big person. I'm I am small. I think my hands are just below average, basically, probably. Um, when I heard someone say comparable to what it would be like two switches or classic switches uh, on top of each other, like together, and for me, I'm like I already get annoyed while holding the, the switch as it is. I don't really want to have two of them, and two for me. I'm going to be completely honest, and people may think I'm hating on it or, you know, call me on this, but that's okay. Um, the Steam Deck is not a portable device. The Steam Deck is not the Switch replacement in my eyes. It's not. It's too big. It's too bulky. It's too heavy. I am not putting the Steam Deck in a case or somewhere to go ahead and then carry off somewhere. It's too fragile a piece of equipment. I'm not going to put that in a case and then put that in other things. It's too it's too much. That's not going anywhere unless it's in the carrier case. And that carrier case then has to go into another bag. That's what it is. So there's no way I'm going out and whipping that fucking thing out. Especially now when I have things like getting better and better. If I really want to play something remote. And I have things like Game Pass or xCloud to go ahead and take care of. Or the Switch. Whatever it is. You know, all these other deals. Like to have... What, what the Steam Deck really is, they said it over and over again, it's one of the best selling points for it, is the fact that it is a miniaturized personal PC. In reality, it is. You can put any OS device on it. You can get Game Pass on there. You can get uh, Steam, Epic Game Store, uh, xCloud, all that. Everything can work on it. You know, emulators, shit of that nature. But and I think about it, it's like, okay, yeah, that, that's cool. Um, but realistically... This is not a portable device. This is a someone needs to use a computer, but I want to keep playing my PC games device. This is somebody needs to wants to, wants to watch a TV. I don't want to stop playing my hand in games device. This is not the I'm taking this. I'm going somewhere. Oh, I'm going to bust out my Steam Deck to play something in front of all these people. This super expensive fucking piece of equipment um, that honestly doesn't have that much memory in it. It like the top one still only has. 512 gigabytes, and you're probably losing around half of that first 100, if not the entirety of the first 100, to OS memory. Meaning you've got, like, what, a good 400 gigabytes with games in this day and age? Nah, uh Nah, uh Um, not realistic. This is very much a... I have, um... I have a partner or someone who needs to use something... That is what I primarily would go ahead and game on. So I have the Steam Deck to go ahead and play this instead. It's like a, it's very much to me a luxury item. It is not a practical portable item. It may feel good. It may be cool. I am someone that I already know I like PC gaming. Therefore, I have a PC. I don't know why I would own this. Other than just to have it. Which is a completely viable mm -hmm. reason to have it. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see... Um, how the next version of this tool looks. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at some of the specs here. Um, one one of the important uh, things here has to do with the battery life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the battery life, I, I know, is nothing to sneeze at. Like, it's not revolutionary. The, the, on their on on their specifications, it's a forty watt per, watt, watt per hour battery. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's how I read it. Anyway, it says depending on what you're running, you'll get between two yeah. to eight hours of gameplay. Exactly. Right. So. It- yeah, so what this reads to me is this sounds like something that would be fun to hold on to maybe for a car ride. Um, if even that. Yeah. Uh, now, the nice thing about car rides typically is that you can probably be plugged right into a charger, which might help elongate, like, the time that you need. Uh, carrying mm-hmm. this around at, like, a convention, maybe not so much if you don't yeah. have direct access. Um like, even I wouldn't want to carry this around. Like, again, this is me personally. I wouldn't want to carry this around in a public space for the sake of, not even the sake of, oh, I'm worried about these, you know, uh, clutching my pearls. What, it, it is what it is. It is a personal uh, travel size computer. It is a personal computer, ultimately. That is how yeah. it's designed. It's ru- designed right any OS. But with that, do you know? Like people, do you know what happens with laptops, with tablets, with all, if any kind of personalized computer device that is made for the uses of like a computer? Naturally, no matter what you do, unlike things like the Switch, unlike things like um, any like made to be a portable gaming device, PCs degrade physically on the inside rather um, quickly. Like that's just that's just how they're made. If they're if they're made with the in mind mindset of this is like a personal PC, their performance degrades. Their pieces degrade. That's that's just the nature of PC gaming. That's why it's an investment. I people say great things about it, and that's awesome. I'm not trying to hate on it, but I'm honestly curious. This is this is still the first year. People are just barely getting these things in their hands. Really, it's only been maybe I think what max. Uh, Two months at this point for like the earliest people who got Steam decks. Well, let's see. At least according to the Steam page, uh, 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 I can't see that anymore. Never mind. The dates that are on there now are future dates. Yeah. So uh, they they've been coming out for at least the last few quarters. Uh, I feel like I saw. I feel like I saw uh, articles on like firsthand, uh, like people getting their first touches on it, like at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm getting, yeah, maybe January, February time, probably when we started seeing people actually put their hands on it. Yeah. Um, uh, let me see here. Released on February 25th, 2022. So, okay. Yeah. That tracks. So around yeah, that so time. So, it's been a little bit. People still didn't like they didn't get them in February for my, you know, for the most part. I don't think. I don't some, know. Some some people might have. I'm sure there were yeah. some slowdowns. This was still Yeah, cuz even mean, even I looked this it up, was even it says further introduced February. Yeah, this this was even further into the pandemic, right? As we're slowly coming out of what feels that way. So mm-hmm. back in back in February, you're still talking about the time when uh, shipping stuff was a huge problem, uh, a lot of the shipping lines and the hardware. So, so yeah, I I would expect that it probably took a bit for people to get it. So if we if we're conservative and we say March, yeah, it's been about three months. Yeah, um, then and people like, probably had it in hand. Yeah, and that's in that's not including the fact that the uh, the the dock for it has been delayed. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Um, if you want to play it back on like a computer or something like that, or on, I mean on a TV something like that, and like I'm curious to see a year out from now, what's the shelf life for these things? Like you know, like mm-hmm. what's the actual practical lifeline for these things? Because again, my big thing is, uh, one the battery isn't really all that great. Like, it, I mean, if you're if you're trying to get that full like what is it eight hours out of it at that point, you're playing the game at the settings you'd probably play it on a Switch. Without an old yeah, screen sure. at this point, yeah, to get your sure. max hours, and that's like like for me again, I'm concerned with how long do these things last. What's it gonna look like? I, I'm curious about like a year. I think there's a version of this in the future. I go ahead and get probably sure, but in terms of like as of right now, uh, especially the fact that it's coming from Steam from Valve of all people, who just like make their product, put it out there, and that's it. Uh, that's not a lot of faith. It's not a lot of faith. That Valve yeah, name don't, that, yeah. don't, does not build faith. It's just as likely that Microsoft makes their own handheld within yeah. the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, plug, plugs that thing into Game Pass, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like So, yeah. Well, uh, uh, just like with a lot of things, Valve seems to do really well at starting something. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll see where it goes. I'm I want, I'm interested, and when I get it in hand, I know we'll probably have some time where we talk about it and kind of share mm-hmm. my experience with it. Yeah. Looking at some of its size and weight, I really want to get it. I know that it's saying that its weight when you're holding it is just over a pound in weight. Yeah. Uh, six hundred sixty nine grams approximately, and then the size lengthwise, it looks like at its longest, it gets to about uh just under a foot long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, two hundred ninety eight millimeters. So it's, yeah, uh, I see those numbers and I go, huh, I wonder what that's going to feel like. So hopefully when the next couple of months, I'll have mine in hand and then we can do a little bit where we, uh, yeah, a little bit of, we kind of talk through experience. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they can bring me around. I'm, I'm yeah. happy to be proven wrong. Uh, but at the end of the day, I agree with your assessment that it is in fact a luxury item. This is not a necessity um and for its price point of at least for 512 gigs you're paying 640 bucks you're starting to get close to realms where you you're you're almost you're 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 just about in a good spot to get uh a pc itself yeah. uh with equivalent if not you know better and again we're also talking about monitors and all the peripherals but but still i mean you're starting to get up there in price enough where you may even start considering your own personal computer Mm-hmm. And then in which case, you, this thing certainly is a luxury for very niche times in your gaming. Yeah. Like, it is cool to have the MVME as the storage device of the SSD, because that is amazing as someone who has that in their computer. Uh, life changer, never want to go back, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, only 512 gigs. I, as someone who has a terabyte in his computer as it is, um, it's a struggle already, you know? That's when I have games <laughs> I just... on there. And just, yeah. uh, but for real, like the the fact that people who are thinking, oh man, I can do PC games on the go, like a lot of those ideas you're thinking about, you know, people typically think PC games in terms of like the, oh, you can run it on all these Mac settings. It's like, one, it doesn't really achieve those settings. It's not made for that, really. And two, even if it can't meet those settings, it's a PC game, meaning it isn't optimized for portable downloads. Those games are still going to be as big as they would be on a PC. You're looking at a uh, hundred a hundred gig um, downloads for some things. Some of the uh, those triple A games, yeah. So you're mm-hmm. you're gonna be you're gonna be juggling stuff, um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, 
we'll see more to come. I look forward to, I expect, listen, my expected delivery is sometime between next month and September. Okay. So sometime in the next quarter, I expect to have it in hand. And so hopefully we'll, uh, we'll talk more then. All right, then. All right. And then next up, we will go on with uh, Blizzard ruining and breaking more hearts. But maybe oh. positive. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be from Dean Takahashi at VentureBeat. Uh, Blizzard plans to acquire Spellbreak Studio uh, Proletariat to bolster World of Warcraft. Why? Just let it go, goddammit. Um, Blizzard Entertainment said it plans to acquire Spellbreak Maker Proletariat to beef up the staff at its massively multiplayer online role-playing game, World of Warcraft. Under the deal, Boston-based Proletariat will become part of Blizzard, and its team of 100 people will begin working on World of Warcraft, including the Dragon of Light expansion coming later this year. Spellbreak, a battle royale game of wizards and witches, cast spells at each other will be sunset. The company announced the news yesterday. Uh, that was within the 28th of June. Skipping ahead a little bit, uh, Civic hoping in that right, said the company was also looking for what to do next. He said the team saw the opportunity to evolve as a studio and work on World of Warcraft would fulfill the mission of uh, delivering great multiplayer games. They started talking more seriously in the past couple of months. Skipping ahead a little bit more into a quote, that's one of the things that made the decision easy for us starting uh, to start working with Proletariat as they have a large remote workforce, Height said. Civic said, as we look at where the next chapter was going to be for Proletariat, this opportunity just meant that we could accelerate what we wanted to do. Being able to work for the World of Warcraft audiences is really awesome. The level of ambition on where I think both teams want to take World of Warcraft is incredibly exciting for us. Yeah, skipping ahead once more. At Proletariat, the team has operated live games for nearly a decade, having most recently released the cross-platform action spellcasting battle royale game Spellbreak in the fall of 2020. But Civic acknowledged that the game, while it got good reviews, never reached escape velocity in terms of scaling up the number of users to justify its ongoing existence. The company had done relatively few updates recently for the game. In a quote, Spellbreak was a critical success, and we felt like we were delivering, that we'd really delivered something fresh in the battle royale genre, Civic said. There is a lot of competition in that area, where you are competing with some of the biggest games in the world. We couldn't get we just couldn't get the escape velocity necessary for us to continue to expand it. Proletariat began working on the World of Warcraft development team in May and will be fully integrated into Blizzard Entertainment over the coming months. The really exciting part is that we're going to be we're going to build going forward, Civic said. That's what the real selling point for us. The level of ambition for what we want to do with World of Warcraft. So for those who maybe felt that was a little bit cut because I did have to minimize such a large large article for it to go ahead and fit to the show on here. Um, basically, at least, you know, the company speak would be that um, Proletariat kind of understood Spellbreak was their big, like, push of, like, their biggest game yet. And, yeah, critically, it was well-liked, well-received for the most part. They just couldn't get that, you know, um, we're here to stay audience behind it and on their work overall. They had already been, you know, um, moonlighting, doing work for the team at um, Blizzard for World of Warcraft. And what I had to cut out for the, on here essentially is that the people behind World of Warcraft, with all the allegations going around, um, they are very much looking for remote teams. They, uh, <laughs> as you may have noticed from how we go the show, um, getting rid of middle management as much as possible 
kind of a big thing for them. Kind of a, you know, maybe we just don't have offices anymore, maybe. Who knows? You know, seems like they were, you know, real, the big selling point for them was the fact that, hey, these people don't aren't in the same room. They can't, you know, do terrible fucking things to each other. Um, at least that's how I read it. And, you know, uh, proletariat, the team, at least from what uh, Civic, the uh, founder of it, was saying, or the leader of it was saying, um, yeah, they they knew they probably didn't have what they needed to stick around. So the idea of, like, oh, well, they, you know, they work on fantasy so they can go ahead and work on World of Warcraft now because they're trying hard to bring it back. I mean, that's cool. I haven't heard anyone excited to work on World of Warcraft Ever, and, um, I guess you're gonna sound that way when you're getting bought, right? Yeah, I loved I loved the wording here. Um, being able to work for the World of Warcraft audiences is really awesome. Um, ne- never have I uh, thought to myself, you know, who um, I would love the admiration of that audience, right? I know it's a large audience, but also it's it's quite a diverse and. Uh, well, a- anyway, uh, if that's just... what gets you, you know, um, I, I mean, look, how people get a half job ain't, you know, for me to judge. Um, right. You and me both. But, um, you... yeah. yeah, I recognize that that's probably the right thing to say in these things. So, sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and when I read this too, now me, I never played Spellbreak. Mm-hmm. So I don't have frame of reference to their game. I recognize that in a saturated market like Battle Royales, uh, it would I would imagine be very difficult to break out and and kind of have your own audience in a in a realm where there's so many that are so successful that they really grab uh, people. Um, so and, and since those games are kind of built to take up a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to believe that those audiences are going to want more than one or two. Yeah. So I get it. I think from the like, company standpoint, getting purchased and then working on something that's probably not going to die anytime soon is probably a nice move for uh, keeping keeping a like keeping the lights on for the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, because no, I, I I did play Spellbreak when it first came out, and I will say, I think kind of the shame of it is the fact that. I think what made Spellbreak cool to me, you know, because it was basically, it was third-person shooter. It was kind of Fortnite, but you had uh, spells you could, you, you threw at people. You could have, like, different types of spells, you know, different kind of effects, alter areas, stuff like that nature. And it kind of, honestly, was very um, similar, I feel like, in, in theory. I haven't played the mode yet myself, but um, what has become so, like a new beloved version of Fortnite of the no-build mode, where they're just running around shooting people inside the, the, the map and everything. So, it was kind of cool, because that, that's that's effectively what it was. It was, you know, it was um, third-person combat in a Battle Royale setting. And it's kind of a shame, but I, I also get it, like, you know, if the updates weren't really there, the community wasn't really there, then how you expand it? Because that's, that's, that's what Fortnite really does so well of being the top dog and all this is the fact that they keep adding content to keep expanding there's always something fresh to go ahead and do there and that's kind of the big thing i feel like in these um battle royale games of like what really matters unless you have uh this set audience who that's all they want to do they just want to have this 
thing that they do constantly, like make it, you know, make them feel like they always accomplish something, something real fast, a la, you know, like Warzone and all that. Uh, have like like what like what now? It's Warzone, Fortnite, PUBG is still around, but they're like they don't even. I don't know if Fall Guys counts. It is a battle royale game, but a different audience, more platformer. Yeah, yeah, and like Fall Guys is still, I like alive. It's a healthy game, but they don't really care about competing with the others. I think like the battle royale, battle royale type thing really is like Fortnite and you know Warzone, uh, and even then Fortnite has kind of transcended its whole like battle royale type thing anyway. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird. I think at a different time, but more backing, Spellbreak could have been something special. I think, if anything, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Like, as someone who, like, just by sheer nature of, I spent all of last year playing fourteen, and I was kind of there for, like, the, the exodus of WoW players into fourteen, including their biggest names, um, the WoW refugees of, like, a lot of them, like, all I heard for the past year or so was how much people who played WoW fucking hated playing WoW and how they were convinced the people who work on WoW don't enjoy working on WoW or even playing it. So, like I said, this is, like, the first time I've seen people comment about excitement towards working on WoW. And, okay, if they're, like, I, you know, yeah. they know how to do the art style, they, they're fans of the theme, that's kind of what the studio does. I, I can see them bringing them in to, you know, bring in a sense of positivity and people who actually want to work and build and re redo things to maybe salvage the reputation. So, I don't know. That's how I see it, at least. Yeah, I do believe that there's people out there who want to. Uh, I, and I know that there's people out there that I've talked to that have a desire to play it, whether it's for the nostalgia factor. Mm -hmm. Um or the time commitment they've already put into it. Name a thing. But the love is there. Mm -hmm. um, so I get it. I, I think that there's some genuine here. I wonder how long it'll last. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the only good thing I really see out of this is I think that, that, that this helps proletariat exist. Um, at least the people will have their jobs for, right for now, a yeah. little bit longer. So, yeah. cool. Okay. All right. All right. So the next thing, next thing we'll jump into here is uh, interesting little uh, talk about Sony. Uh, so this is an article from from Shannon Liao over at Washington Post. Uh, Sony targets PC gamers with new hardware brand InZone. All right. So Sony Electronics is launching a gaming gear brand called InZone aimed at PC gamers. The company announced its new brand Tuesday with two 27-inch monitors and three variations of gaming headphones. We are entering the gaming gear industry with monitors and headsets at an exciting time since gaming and esports has gotten even more popular over the last few years. Uh, Kaizo Key, Sony president of home entertainment and sound products, told the Washington Post, we are leveraging Sony's high-quality display and audio technologies to deliver products that will allow gamers to immerse themselves into their gaming world. 
uh, admitted latecomers to the PC gaming market, Sony plans to win players over through competitively priced products. Sony plans to sell an $899 4K resolution monitor with 144 hertz refresh rate available this summer and a $529 1080p monitor with a 240 hertz refresh rate later this year. The Japanese conglomerate hopes that PC gamers, particularly first-person shooter players, will give Inzone a chance and not associate Sony primarily with consoles. And uh, quote, we are not saying we're not focusing on the PS5 users, but because we are latecomers to monitors and headphones for the gaming segment, we believe we have a chance to catch up, he said. He added that he hopes Sony can catch up by appealing to the top competitive gamers and influencers who might use Ensome products and promote them to their audiences. Now, while Sony hopes to woo PC gamers, it hasn't left PlayStation 5 behind uh, PlayStation 5 users behind. Aesthetically, the monitors and headsets are designed to blend in with the PS5 should users just happen to own one. The two monitors work with the PS5, which will optimize screen colors once connected. The monitors will also have a switch feature, allowing users to connect a single keyboard, mouse, and headset to a PC and PS5 at the same time and switch between the two. Sony's approach to gaming headphones is to try to see which other options resonate with consumers. The company will offer a wireless headset for $299 with noise, cance uh, noise cancellation and synthetic leather. Along with a uh, paired down to 29 wireless headset, no letter, no leather or noise canceling, and then a 99 pair of wired headphones. Key said that all three pairs will, have, uh, will be equipped with a spatial sound uh, field feature. Gamers will be able to hear how far opponents are from them and where they are, and where they are located based on sound cues. The headphones are also designed to be less tight around the ears so players can wear them comfortably for hours. Endzone will come packaged with a software program called Endzone Hub for users to access and change settings such as lighting and bass. Sony's gaming division, PlayStation, has primarily been focused on the console games market, said Daniel Ahmed, senior analyst at research firm Nico Partners. More recently, the firm has been looking to reach a broader gamer demographic beyond consoles, stating that those that uh, stay, uh, starting with those that play games on PC. Asia is one region of the world where console gaming is dwarfed by PC and mobile gaming. As Asia is a critical market for the games industry, Sony is finding ways to address the market beyond consoles with this move. <sighs> okay, so that's the article. And a little bit to dig into here. Um, so a thing for me here is, is the... Is the is the detail that what they are coming into the industry as is a peripheral develop uh distribute like creator a creator of peripherals uh i hear right now it's monitors and headsets maybe later it's uh keyboards and mice who knows but um that's so what i'm picking up on is the part that they're going to try to play is no we're not coming in here making pcs but we are doing is coming in here and adding something uh, to the PC market, which yeah. is those peripherals. Mm -hmm. like, the prices seem kind of high, but also I don't. I guess I don't go for monitors that are. I guess that crazy. I I have a well, mine's not that crazy. Mine's uh, mine's less than four K, hundred forty four hertz refresh. Got it mm -hmm. for three hundred bucks. 
Yeah. Um, like, I'm looking over right now, because I'm, like we've said before, I am that bitch when it comes to ultra-wide, you know, gaming monitors. Um, and for the sake of, like, the best ones, let's say, you know, 2022... Uh, for the most part, it's the same one that I've had on my Amazon wish list. Looking at it uh, for so long, and um, effectively, you can get it for like so. Let's say this 27-inch monitor, which is 4K HDR 600. That's a good. That's that is honestly good and rare at 144 hertz. I think they're going to be like one of the only ones who have that 4K and such high refresh rate. I think they might be the only ones to do so. So. 900 for a 27 inch if that is really all if you're okay like if you're not looking for that big ass and this is just like this is for you know high-end gaming pc monitor i feel like that's okay ish how much did you say the one you were looking at was um so when i look at it let's say amazon new and this is kind of the point of it buy new Thir- over thirteen hundred, probably more realistically fourteen hundred with tax and shipping and everything. Okay, um, but that's if I go that way. I can also just go ahead and get renewed from Amazon. Uh, this is going to be for a thirty-eight inch, you know, ultra wide. Um, what I'm looking for. Let me make sure. I'm, uh, let me make sure I'm looking at the right one. Let me make sure I'm looking at the right one. Because uh, it can vary. It can absolutely vary depending on the day. Which one I'm looking at? Yeah. So for this one, and I could get. This same thing that's been, you know, the biggest one for the past so and so many years. It's not 4K, but it's ultra wide, a lot more space at 38 inches, technically like 37.5, you know, ultimately of actual gaming space. Um, USB ports, display ports, HDMI, uh, good resolution monitor, um, nice one. And people have been raving about this for, you know, years at this point. And I can get a refresh one that basically is guaranteed to work just maybe like the box was damaged or something like that um it's still inspected for a thousand so like i get that much more for a damaged box and a hundred dollars more like it yeah it really depends how much how much do you care about that 4k how much do you care about that 4k which granted again that 4k with that much of a refresh rate, refresh rate, that is something to talk about. I need uh, an actual tech person, maybe like you know uh, LTT or something like that, to actually go in on them and speak about them. But I think for me, it's like a matter matter of like it is just a twenty seven inch. For a lot of people, that's enough. Like for them, they view PC gaming mm-hmm. as they just want that monitor in front of them. Maybe other monitors, as long as they have that really good one right there. Um. So, I don't know. It seems I can see people making that compromise to own it. I need to see the practicality for, like, actual things. Like, okay, as someone who stares at monitors so much, looks at reviews for monitors so goddamn much, and is cursed with the love of ultra-wide curve monitors, which are not easy to really get the fucking word on, because it's always so weird and odd and so many compromises. And, like, again, I just, that puts me in the... the uh, the thought process of monitors, though, I can see why people would. I can't really say if it is practical until we start getting those reviews. But I, I get the mindset behind it. If it, if it, people who get their hands on it and put reviews on it, 
uh, say good things, this could be amazing. Like, this could be immediate. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have this monitor type thing for PC gaming? Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see. And that's just the yeah. monitor, though. They are talking about other paraphernalia as well, especially the headset. I mean, they're... Sony, Sony really wants pictures of your ears. Sony really wants pictures of your ears. <laughs> that was the whole thing, you know, of, like, uh, Mark Cerny and the uh, Magic Science Dealer or uh, 3000, whatever the fuck you call it, you know, that, that uh, fake crowd saying, hey, send me pictures of your ears and we can make this sound even better for 3D audio with their special headphones. Like, okay. Which, hey, from what I've heard, actually really fucking cool. Actually kind of a game changer. But I, I don't... Like, I don't feel comfortable with the fact the government has my uh, license at this point anymore. So I don't know if I want to give them pictures of my fucking ears. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, a wireless headset um, with noise canceling and everything? Uh, I mean, that's cool. Yeah, sure. Talking talking with you a bit more about it, uh, I, I think that uh, I'm coming I'm coming a bit to terms a bit more with their pricing. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't think I've ever spent that much on a monitor, but also, uh, that I, I don't, I guess I don't really pull much for monitors, but, but I can, I can see what you're saying with those. And then for the headsets, I mean, th- those seem a little bit more in line with what I've looked for in the past. Yeah. Uh, so synthetic leather, I don't know if I care. Uh, noise cancellation could be helpful. Um, but uh, otherwise, I mean, for me, it's a bit more about, I mean, sure, the features may sound nice, but also it might not be nice to know a bit more about uh, the headphones and the hardware itself. Yeah. Uh, the fidelity, like, saw, everything. Again, I'm, we said this earlier, my love for physical isn't just, in that sense, it's also analog. I like having a physical headset. Like a lot of times, I use these earbuds for the podcast at a certain point because I live in Texas. I need to have my light. I prefer to have my light on camera on for the podcast on camera for the sake of, you know, it's better for the clips. That's honestly it. It's, it's for you folks to see the reactions, to see the readings, to see how we do all the funny things. It makes, clip, makes clips easier. I don't have gameplay. Um, that's why I stopped using, like, my bigger over-the-ear headphones I used to use. But I do like them. Prefer I prefer over-the-ear headphones. It's not a big thing. But even with that, that's because, you know, they're audio technicas, very good quality. You took right in, meaning they got the full on cord, the studio headphones, and that's cool. Noise canceling is a really cool feature. For those who've never had, you know, tested noise canceling, it is kind of eerie how it works, but it is also really cool that it does, in fact, work. You are only hearing whatever is in that headphone. Because for those who don't understand noise canceling, noise canceling is not, oh, these things fit a certain way where no noise gets in. No, they have an actual like technology in there that cuts out other sound, and you can tell it's happening. Like, have you ever Almost had like a vacuum, noise canceling? Right? Yeah, like it's a vacuum. Have you ever had worn noise cancelers before? Uh, I, I've, I've I've tested some out. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, right? But like you know what works is like oh. Oh, oh, you know what? My uh, my my Galaxy earbuds do it because I can push a feature to allow the noise to come in, so I can hear outside the headset. Okay. And then I can let go of it, and then the noise disappears, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it's almost like this like suction of noise, this vacuum, mm-hmm. uh, where there should be sound there and there isn't. Yeah, it's really it's really cool, honestly. So I mean, three hundred for a wireless. I don't know about. I don't know that I care about wireless that much. Um, much for a wire <laughs> pair. Um, 
Uh, so they didn't actually have for the wi- they they just said ninety nine dollars for a pair of wired headphones. Uh, that doesn't include any of the fancy features oh, they talked about. Okay. So I don't know if they have a wired noise canceling. Yeah, they, set. they word that are, don't they? Sony's approach to gaming headphones is to try and see which of their options resonate with consumers. The company will offer a wireless headset for two ninety nine with noise cancellation, synthetic le- leather, along with a pared down two twenty nine wireless headset. Uh, no leather or noise canceling. Okay, I see it now. And a 99 pair of wired headphones. Right. So, uh, whether they have a wired... Uh, which, I guess, uh, with a lot of wireless headsets, you can do that, because you can plug the kind of the, mm-hmm. the port in and then plug it into your... Yeah. But it's not analog. That's, that's, yeah. that's USB, right? So, uh, yeah... I don't think that's something that's coming out with this wave. Maybe as they see how their options resonate, maybe newer things in the yeah. future. Like let's say first party Bose noise canceling wireless headphones. You're looking at this is with Bluetooth as well. Three twenty nine. Okay, so yeah, competitively priced. I could see their mm-hmm. argument on that for sure. Yeah. I don't know what that means in terms of the actual audio quality. Right. And how much, like, if it, if it is Sony, are they going to be doing what they need to to also make them uh, compatible with 3D audio as well? Um, for the sake yeah. of that, that is absolutely a really cool thing if you're in the market for that. If you're in the market for that. Um, they, and they, also, did have that they did have that mention in here about, uh, oh, there's there's spatial sound feature. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So... All three pairs will have that, even the $99 one, so. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that, I think what they're talking about here with their targeted approach at these gaming, like these PC gaming peripherals, mm-hmm. um, I think if there's anything they're going to come into the market with that, this makes sense. Especially since this isn't, for me, this doesn't sound so new. Sony's been making TVs forever, so. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it's a, a matter yeah. of are they willing to not do what everyone does of you're paying what you're paying for the name. And I I think they understand that their name don't mean shit in this market right now. Yeah, quite perhaps, which which is maybe how they can drop it down a bit. And maybe what this will do is help a lot of those other brands uh, have to bring their prices down. Exactly. Yeah. If if one of the big names is willing to go down, if they sell well, this could mean the other... Uh, places will go down as well so oh that would be cool it again a lot of this keep in mind folks you want to if you're if you're really looking for like a high-end headset i am someone i'm frugal i care about my investments again staring at monitors constantly throughout the months like always looking for the best like quality for the best deal what is it because i don't want to be buying things again for like another five years something like that as someone who does i can tell you right now don't spend that much money unless you're willing to put the work in to research it first. Like, there's no mm. reason. If I mean, if you got it and you want to blow it, cool. But if you're doing it because you actively want to have the best audio with those features, such as wireless and noise canceling and all of that, sometimes a wire ain't that bad. Sometimes there are trade-offs. Like, you'd be surprised how big the headphone market is for this whole thing. Um, just, you know. Go a few. Like, do research. Always do research. Good stuff. 
Right, and then finally for the show, we'll go ahead and hit on a recap of the Nintendo Mini Direct Partner Showcase that happened last week on the 28th. Uh, was that the 28th? No, it was Tuesday? No, yeah, no, it wasn't last week. It was Tuesday. What the? Where the? Whoa, where the oh, that's true. Go? Yeah, it was earlier this where, week. Where did I go? That's right. That's right. Where have I been? Oh, we. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we're going to go ahead and move forward here. Um, I'm not really going to worry about trailers. The show is kind of running long, so we won't worry too much about that. Uh, I guess I have some trailers on here if you want to stop me and call anything out for the most part. Minus. Um, but yeah. List okay. provided by uh, Matt Kim at IGN. Everything announced at today's Nintendo Direct Mini. Uh, let's see here. First up was Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. The roadmap being revealed, including like, all the plans for DLC basically down the road for the most part, in the first half at least. Um, like we're all decided if you're getting Monster Hunter Rise at this point. Like, I got it. I know I'm going to play it. Like, I, I don't. I don't... It makes sense why they had it in there. It, it is that big mover thing. But I think like everybody was decided before this. Um, surpriser for me, kind of. Um, Nier Automata, the end of Yorha edition. I'm... They got console-exclusive skins, and I'm kind of mad. They're pretty cool. Like, did you ever play Nier? Minus? Uh, never, not all the way through. Yeah, same. I got the first route done. That was basically it for me. I need to go back still. Uh, Ultima and Gallant have kind of been on me to play it so we can have a whole, like, episode about it. But, I don't know. Like, I, I'm surprised that they got new skins. I really they, they made new skins specifically for the Switch. And they look really cool. So, I'm kind of sad that we don't get those. Uh, next up, I thought it was pretty cool. Lorelei and the Laser Eyes, which was like a drawback to old school detective adventure games and a really cool like black and white you know adventure or um aesthetic type situation but still with 3d models and lighting and everything and i thought it was cool for me personally um super bomberman r2 that was like a like bomberman castle defense type of game right that's what they were saying about it uh, I'm trying to remember the bomber, man. Uh, let's see the it. Oh, it talks about the. It has a new castle, uh, like a castle mode. Yeah, you yeah, team yeah, up okay. to 15 players, blast way uh, to a treasure chest. One player access defense, try to stop them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then this was kind of the biggest one for me personally. Of like, I can't believe they actually fucking did it. The Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collections. I liked those games. I never got to play them. I found out about them pretty late on because I wasn't really a Game Boy Advance person. Things happen. I won't go into details, but things happen. Made me sad. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see them coming back. I'm about it. You people who say that the filter with the pixels opposed to the not pixels thing like is so much better and the other one shouldn't... I, y'all are weird. Like, play how you want to play. Absolutely. Enjoy what you want to do, but... How hard some of y'all went on that is just—it's odd. People play how they want to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool to see it. I'm, I can't wait to do it. I think the closest to that kind of game I've seen recently was a newer indie game that came out in the past year called um, uh, what was it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, I have it on here. One step from Eden, but 
as is with so many games here, it can't just be a good game of that grid-based combat. It has to be a roguelite or some shit like that, you know? So having these originals back that were about RPG elements and actually just going further with the game and making that combat really sing, that that makes me happy. That makes me happy. Uh, after that was Pac-Man Repack. The remake of... Let me make sure I get this right, because of course they're making Pac-Man a confusing game to go ahead and talk about. Uh, yeah, a remake of Pac-Man World for Nintendo Switch. This, uh, yeah. Rescuing his family after they're taken by ghosts. So yeah, it's a, a remake of the reimagining of Pac-Man. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was an uh, original PlayStation game. That was came out in '99. Um, Why would you hurt me? Yeah, Pac-Man World. Why do you choose to hurt me? <laughs> okay. Wow. Next, all right. Next up, before I go and try and bend something and take my back out for a week, um, Blanc. This one that was cool. Console exclusive. It is a black and white, primarily white game of a baby fox and a baby deer um, who rely on each other to survive in an unexpected winter storm. It looks adorable and amazing, and I don't trust it at all. It's going to break my fucking heart. But damn, it looks amazing. It looks so cool. It looks so much fun. It looks so special. I'm going to cry on stream. I know it. Next up was uh, Return to Monkey Island. It's apparently coming. Its console um, debut is going to be on Switch. I didn't, I didn't know that. So, Dylan, you sound like the type. Were you um, a Monkey Island person? No. And it's it's not for any other reason than uh, when these had originally come out, uh, it wasn't really the realm of gaming for me. Mm. Uh, since then, it certainly has been. But... Um, Maybe maybe it was a bit of the date of it or what have you. Never really came up as a thing to play. It coming on the Switch might be a convenient place for it to be for me to play it. So, who knows? Uh, it's definitely up my alley these days for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one, like, I, I mean, we all knew this was coming, but I was surprised at the fact that I was really digging this. Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Did you see the gameplay for this they showed off? I haven't seen the gameplay for it. Um, I had heard because I think it was announced previously too. Um, yeah, like some years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is just their partner showcase. But they had announced it some time ago. I played the first one, and I had a blast with it. So, yeah. uh, but no, you're right. I didn't see the gameplay trailer for it. I was just it looked cool. Like they actually, so they kind of stepped away from just being a XCOM clone in terms of like, so your characters actually have movement area where they can move and do whatever they want within an area of theirs that you can move that you can expand or shrink whatever and like so in the trailer what they show off is for three characters they had each one go ahead and move slide and trip one of the enemies one each and then the last one that did it use their gun to or use one of the special abilities to like throw a grenade that hit those three enemies again to kill them completely and then do damage to two more enemies along that same line. And that kind of stuff, like, it, it made it look really, really cool. 
They apparently have an amazing group of composers behind it. Uh, one of them I can call out is the actual composer for Kingdom Hearts series. So, I'm about it. Apparently, the music in this game is going to be fucking amazing. Uh, I owned the first one. I liked it, but I just didn't really get very far in it. Maybe I'll go back at some point and finish that. I don't know. But, like, I was really surprised by how much I honestly like the look of this game. Like, it, it's really, really cool, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm catching up on some of the gameplay stuff of it, too. Um, some of the core stuff I see here was in the original. It just seems that they kind of changed a little bit about mm -hmm. like how it's presented, but the core is still there. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I liked it. I had a lot of fun when I played it originally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next and also the games are just so charming, right? The, the, the rabbits really do bring this funny charm to the Mario, uh, the Mario universe, so. Which I'm not comfortable with. I hate the fact that they make me like the rabbits. I want to hate them. <laughs> right, exactly. Like the little shits. Don't make me fucking like them. I'm not about that. Anyway, moving on. Next up, they showed off uh, Little Noah, Scion of Paradise, which is like a side-scrolling, roguelike, anime-type thingy. I, I thought it looked cool. I wanted to try it. It, it was a shadow drop of the show, but then it was like only in Japanese and I have so many games to play. I don't have time for that. I don't have the time that kind of commitment. So that's that made me sad. Um, next was Railgrade, which was like, uh, let me see the actual description here. Uh, a rail management game in which players build railway systems that can transport cargo and keep the economy chugging. I mean, futuristic train builder game. Yeah, I know uh, you all I out guess... there. Have fun. Yeah. I... It's a little interesting. I uh, I, I guess it kind of crosses a gambit uh, of game styles. So mm -hmm. bringing a game in here is like this. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I mean, there there's a. It probably speaks to all the the train model creators and all of us, right? Yeah. Hey, I I know um, train games actually do very very well. So I'm not I'm not trying to hate on you. I'm I, I know you're out there. So good on you. Good on you. Uh, next up was RPG Time, The Legend of Wright. Kenta is an inspiring game creator who is working on their first hand-drawn RPG, The Legend of Wright, playing through Kenta's notebook with over 200 pages of puzzle to solve, draw, and erase. That one's coming out August 18th. That looked cool. That looked cool and interesting. That looked really different. Like, actual, like, hand-drawing um, animations, for the most part, control, and the way that it would flip around and all that. Like, it's... I don't know what it is really, but I know it immediately pulled me in. Uh, let's see here. And then next up, they had the uh, last and best looking Sonic Frontiers trailer uh, that came in. This time showing off the, um, what the fuck do they call them? Uh, uh, let me see here. God, what what the fuck did they call them? I'm I'm looking it up right now. I bet. Um. Yeah, I have been watching the I have been watching the trailer for it. Um. I I'm looking to be open minded about title about a title like this, mm -hmm. um, because it is so different. It, it's uh, for open world style games like this where I see um 
uh, a character that moves well what I, when I think of the positives of this with a character that moves so quickly and can get around I can see how it could will be fun to travel the world mm-hmm um the cyberspace the areas side, okay the cyberspace areas right yeah um where uh, on the flip side of it when i watch uh sometimes i think like it uh it 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 feels weird and i don't i can't say that's a bad thing it's just different um when i imagine uh S- sonic and his movement and gameplay styles in a, in an aryan realm like this uh, so I have, and I, I think I used this term with you when I first, when we were first talking about this before the show started, uh, it's kind of like this cautious optimism, of of a game like this, um, not trying to enter into any similar bandwagon of other people of, oh, new Sonic game equals bad. Um, not that it just, it is, it is different. And I am a little worried, uh, at least right now from what I've seen about the world being too empty. Uh, or or movements being like very slow, and methodical for a game where I'm used to going so fast. Here's but, the thing uh, about it. Yeah. Here's the thing about it. And this is I'm 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 ending this debate right now, people. People have been trying for years to put the hedgehog in a box. Say he's got to go fast. It's got to be about speed. You know what? Sonic has never been about speed. The whole he's super fast thing. That's about the character, not the gameplay. Even the classic Sonic games aren't about speed. They're platformers. They're 2D platformers. They weren't about speed. You could go fast, but they were about platforming. Yeah, he's you did so nothing fast, but though. go fast, you, you, you died and you failed. All I'm saying I, is... Well, that's true. Like, I'm looking at the combat of, like, actual combat this time around, as opposed to, like, the uh, manglement they had in, like, Sonic Boom way back when, um, when they had that whole thing of, like, making it an action-adventure game. Uh, strictly, and like the coolest thing to me when I saw pre- previous other game was the fact that he was actually fighting, um, like enemies. That's pretty cool because again, Sonic has been so many different games, so many different genres. Sonic isn't just one thing, and people who want to make Sonic just you know stick to one thing, I don't get you people. Like if everything I see about this game does it look like it could be jank, absolutely. But I always love and root for Sonic for this fact of. Sega is just like, fuck it. Let him try this too. Like, uh, what was it? The, the, he's basically like the, the perfect son, but a bit warped. That The perfect son meme where it's like, oh, he was a Marine. He was a doctor. He was a psychologist, a graduate. Like, all, all this other shit. And like, Sonic is, like, he can't be denied. Like, Sonic. He can really move. Sonic. He's got an attitude. Stop Sonic. it. Sonic. Stop it. He is the fastest thing alive. Yeah. He is the fastest thing alive. He is. Just the fastest thing alive. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say that if they attempt to yes, do Yes, I did pull up the like lyrics this, for that bit. Yes, I did. I, yeah. I know you did. I'll I'm say that them they, right now. If they... If they if if they don't pick a lane, and I, I fear that if they try to branch too far, and they, Jank uh, being a good example with controls, if they try to make him so fast, but then try to make you play so slow, it's going to feel very jarring. Yeah, like I don't know, I'm about it. Like, 
don't know. I just, I just really think it looks cool. Maybe I'm a fucking weirdo. I don't know. I just honestly think everything I see about this game makes it look cool. Does it make it look perfect? No. But you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I've, I've become such a weird person in my uh, now middle age uh, when it comes to games. Of like, I just want different. I want experiments. I want a mistake. I want a failure. Let's go. I've been here for fucking years. I don't need a AAA perfect game. I don't give a shit about the new God of War. I really don't. You know, I, I'm looking forward to the Sonic game more than I'm looking forward to the new God of War because at least I, I have no idea what the fuck the Sonic game is going to end up being. Like, I'm going to buy that game. I'm going to pop it in. I'm going to have no idea what the fuck I'm about to get. God of War, I know exactly what I'm going to get. Well, that's true. That is certainly true right now. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm weird. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, they also had uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. The people who play this game are convicted felons. All of them. So I will not give you the time of day. You know what you all did, what you're going to keep doing, and what you're probably doing right now. And it's sick. Go get help. <laughs> uh, after that was the Live Alive demo announcement. I did drop. And it is the first, I believe, four chapters of four characters that will transfer over to the main game of leases later in July. Uh, let me double check on here if they had actually marked it down. Yeah, um, the cult classic RPG is coming to Nintendo Switch with a new HD 2D look. I love seeing more and more of this HD 2D. While the full game will be released on July 22nd, a demo that includes three chapters will be released later today at the Nintendo eShop. Now, yeah, that was some time ago. Uh, they are chapters include Imperial China, Twilight of Edo Japan, and A Distant Future. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, I I never heard of Live Alive, but I like classic uh, JRPGs. I, I'm loving the whole HD 2D look to it. It's fully voice acted as well, which I did not think they were going to fucking do. But then I noticed it was like, God damn, I'm like I'm all in. I'm ready for this game. My only problem with that game is it comes out literally a week before Xenoblade Chronicles 3. But I mean, I'm not going to get around to Xenoblade Chronicles 3 until I play the first two in, in completion. Um, finally, after starting them again for like the second time. Uh, but, like, it's just, it's just I don't know. I, I hope it does well. Show the, so, show the support, folks. Show the support. Uh, after that, for some reason, they brought a Doraemon game to the West. Doraemon story of his friends of the Great Kingdom, which is like a Farmville um, class of life game. I I don't know if you people are out there, but I'm happy for you. Is this supposed to fill the hole that Harvest Moon games have been not filling for a while? Speaking of that hole, we'll get to that hole later. And believe me, it's going to oh. be stuffed. It's going to be stuffed like... and it's going to be bleeding. Um, Yay. So that is showed off Minecraft Legends, which again, I'm still upset the fact that they've made a Minecraft game I look, I'm interested in, where it was like summon your armies, build your forts, and then, uh, you know, RTS combat, but still action combat because you can actually control your person during the big battles. It's like this, I hate it. I hate it. What? Why? Why am I playing that and not what is it? Uh, what's the game that got re-released suddenly on Steam? But I'm never gonna go back and play. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where is it? Where is it? It would be so far down here. Uh... Say the next game. I'm stuck here. Say the next game. Uh, the, the next game after that was the Dragon Quest Treasures. 
Yeah, you know what? That one looks cool too. I'm kind of about that one. Um, it was a whole game of uh, whatchamadoodle. I forgot words. I'm not even lying. I, I, I didn't mean to stop there. I literally, it ended up on whatchamadoodle. Um, no, that, that was cool. That was like a, you um, collect and train your monsters and then you can go ahead and summon them to fight other monsters while you collect resources, but you can also fight with them. So another game that kind of got me hyped, that's kind of the same concept as uh, Minecraft Legends of, yeah, your characters you've been working with, they go off and fight, and you help them fight. And, I mean, I'm a sucker for it. I admit it, I'm a sucker for it. I'm all about it. I I really like that. I really do. Uh, I don't know, again, while I'm playing that game and not... What the fuck is it? King Kingdom Under Fire, the Crusade, the Crusaders. Did you ever play that one? Where it was oh. like the, the, yeah, remember like it was oh. the fantasy and game with like the metal music, and you played people who were like almost Dynasty Wars with like more um, direct combat. Yeah, I did not play that one, but I know what you're talking about. I might buy that right now. It's fifty percent off on Steam sale. Of all the games I'm I'm not buying, I might I might buy Kingdom Under Fire. Um, you have to let me know how that is. I was staring at it. I'm going to get off the Steam page now. Um, the next up was a Fire Emblem. It was a bit of a clip show. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. I'm playing that game currently, and I'm really enjoying it. For me, so far, so far, go ahead. Grab your pitchforks. I don't care. So far, I'm liking it. It has more personality than Three Houses did. Because it isn't another fucking dating simulator. That's me, though. Shots fired. Uh, no Man's Sky on Switch. Again, crazy that... Like... When I say... You know, like, when, I, when I say I'm always happy to be surprised, I'm so happy at how wrong and just in my face No Man's Sky has handed me my own ass. It's such a cool story. You'll love to see it. you really love to see it. Like, can you imagine from where No Man's Sky was on launch to now being as beloved as it is? And even more so that it is just now coming to Switch to, you know, get an even another audience now? I'm hearing so much about No Man's Sky lately that I'm getting Skyrim kind of feels where... Mm -hmm. Skyrim came out. I mean, Skyrim didn't have as rocky of a start as uh, No Man's Sky did, for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. But now, No Man's Sky is starting to be a thing that you cannot seem to escape. Yeah. What was it? No Man's Sky is done waiting for you to come to them. Yeah, they're they're, they're going everywhere. If uh, anyone to play No Man's they Sky, they're with Microsoft in the start. Apparently, oh, they I have know, the same right. philosophy. Yep. Uh, a Plague Tale Requiem, the cloud version. I need to play that game. Not the cloud version, but I need to just play it already. It, it, I know it's a me game, but I keep putting it off because, you know, it's shorter, and I'm sure I'll get it done like a weekend. So I keep putting it off and putting it off, and I've been putting it off for years at this point. I just need to fucking play it. I own it like five times without even paying any money for it. Like, it's just to happen. Um, I'm a little upset this next one was only in a clip show. Um, Captain Velvet Meteor, the jump plus dimension. So, of all, I don't know why Dorymon got its own segment, but this one didn't. So, 
Uh, Captain Velvet Meteor. Let me see if I can grab it for you real quick. And there is actually a lot of gameplay for this game out already. Um, but they don't actually have a full-on trailer for it, I don't think. Um, that it could be shown off. Uh, yeah, Captain Velvet Meteor, the jump plus dimensions. Play as a young boy who recently moved to Japan with no friends. Damien chooses to live in his imagination as the superhero Captain Velvet Meteor, who teams up with his favorite manga characters to help escape a mysterious world. Captain Velvet will release on... July 28th. And so this is this looks a little bit like a grid-based combat, but you actually um like use guest characters from Shonen Jump. Like kind of iconic characters in there and the imagination, the story, the levels, the combat, everything. It looked cool and different and like like a very fun game, honestly. And I'm just so surprised they didn't give it its moment. Maybe because it's jump and they weren't sh they weren't sure how well that would sell with the audience because of the fact that you know some of those characters aren't like big name animes at the moment, so they won't wouldn't be as well known. But it, honestly, I'd recommend it again. Captain Velvet Meteor, the Jump Plus Dimensions. Look that trailer up. It, it looks like a cool game. It really does. Uh, after that was uh, Portal, the companion collection, folks. In a world of Skyrim's portals and uh what's another game that doesn't go go away uh well to me no man's sky no no man's sky keeps getting better though in a world That's of skyrims true. and portals be a no man's sky be a no man's sky i can't believe i'm saying that uh, improve right continue to yeah. like change and improve instead of just re-release mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i'm with you and then next up, and this one was kind of the hot of the show for me. Mm -hmm. Harvest Stella. I have Harvest the trailer Stella. playing on the side right now. Dude. That one looks cool. Like action JRPG combat and the fucking Farmville bullshit as well. Like, don't get me wrong. When I get my hands in this game, I'm gonna let that fucking farm burn to the goddamn ground. But damn, did that combat look cool. Yeah, develop. Yeah, it's a fantastical RPG world uh, mixed with lifestyle sim gameplay uh, from games like Stardew, Stardew Valley. Mm -hmm. like, Collect materials, on. grow a farm, and prevent the death of all seasons. <laughs> oh, okay. Like okay, like that. This this is gonna be the one we go into a trailer for. Like this honestly looks really cool for a Switch game. Like it's a JRPG feelings to it. I think this looks awesome. Um, you go ahead, use the farming bullshit, sure, whatever. I mean, if you have to, you have to. Um, but then you leave the town, and here we go. Some fucking action JRPG combat that looks like maybe simple, but I don't know. I, I'm a sucker. I'm easy. The world looks cool, and the characters look cool. And I just, I, 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 I don't, I don't. And, yeah, and I enjoy the farming side of it uh, as well, so... Um, I'm going. Uh, I get it. I uh, this so, girl is chained up in a farming simulator. I know. When I first saw, it, I was like, "Why is a woman chained up?" And we're calling this a Stardew Valley style game. Like, uh, what? What is happening? You know. And so I watch it, and I've actually seen a couple of other games, uh, 
kind of lower, um, more indie titles that are trying stuff like this, where you're playing this kind of farming sim game, but then around it is an RPG game where you're going out and maybe gathering resources or whatever by fighting stuff. Um, it's not new, uh, but it definitely seems high quality. So I will probably most certainly be trying this one. Yeah. I can't hate on it. I want to. I can't. Yeah, this 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 uh, this could potentially help fill the the gap that I mean, it's hard to kill Stardew. Stardew. I mean, it, it's it's really good. It does so well. Um, and I think even now they still make minor fixes and changes to it. So, yeah, I think so. Uh, but I mean, this kind of adds a bit onto because while that game did have its combat, right, it definitely wasn't to me the highlight of the game. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, anyway, anyway, very exciting. Yeah. Again, there you go. There, that's your uh, Harvest Moon uh, hole filler right there, with a fucking anime sword. You leave that ass bleeding. Goddamn. Speaking of anime, it was officially announced. The thing we all knew was coming, but nobody shut the fuck up about saying how it wasn't fair. Didn't make sense. It wasn't there. Yada yada yada. All these bitching for years. For the love of God, finally, Persona Five is coming to Switch. Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden, Persona 3 Portable. All coming to Switch. Will you people shut the fuck up now? Please. Like, I want to be happy about this, but I'm just so fucking tired of hearing it. I look at it, I'm like, like, cool. Part of me kind of assumed this is something that would happen. I didn't personally think that, uh, that, um, Atlas had, like, was sleeping in bed with Microsoft, right? Yeah. So much. So well, I didn't expect this wouldn't happen. Um, yeah. Right. Cool. Good. It's it's there. Like, so it's now good. You, now it's truly really portable, right? You can yeah. play it portable. Cool. Awesome. For those people who are saying, like, the best way to play Persona is on a portable device, y'all are fucking weird. Like... The, the worst thing about this is the fact that it's Persona 3 Portable and not Persona 3 FES getting a, an actual remake or remaster. Because FES is the fullest story experience. Sure, you didn't, you didn't get to control your allies. You didn't have the female protagonist, all that. But like in terms of narrative, like story-based content-wise, FES was the best. Portable was made to be portable for the PSP and add in the female protagonist. But it didn't have the extra features that uh, FES did. I mean, Portable lets you control your other characters. Cool. The, the AI wasn't stupid or anything, really, in my experience, at least playing the mm-hmm. FES version. So, I I don't know. Like, I'm still kind of heartbroken. I was super hyped when they first announced it. I really was. But the fact that FES isn't getting, like, the treatment, it's it's portable. Uh, FES is so good. I feel like it deserved a remake. I really do. Maybe someday in the future. Until then, I still got my PS3. I guess I'll hook it up at some point when I get my own place and FES will be a thing before I play Portable. Because Portable 3... Uh, Persona 3 Portable is, in my understanding, a best, um, uh, like a, a secondary experience to the experience of Persona 3 FES. From my, from my understanding, from what I've always been told. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so I don't know, that, that's good, I'm happy about it. And that's your Nintendo Showcase Roundup. I will say, um, 
It was very bold of them to release this as a uh, YouTube video. Like, there wasn't a live stream. They just released a YouTube video. Um, they did not say they were going to do that beforehand. That was very bold of them, because I, I was at work at the time. And, um, oh yes, uh, certain things got skipped. So, please, more of that. I did not need to lose brain cells watching uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley and all the fucking <laughs> hardened criminals that are going to be enjoying that game. That's a good point. I, I was trying to think about it. I was like, huh, I wonder what about the video? Oh, that's true. I have a lot more control over what I spend my time watching. Mm -hmm. So some of these hard worked on demos may have not gotten as many eyes as they think. Because people like, oh, um, yeah. They're like Disney Dreamlight, whatever. Next. Oh, another Forza. Next. Oh, don't make me dream. Don't yeah, make enough. me fucking dream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see another Spring Lake waterfall ever again. Alright folks, and with that, we're going to go ahead and call it a day. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for showing up. Uh, please like, subscribe, follow, share, uh, review, whatever you want to do. You know, everything helps. We really appreciate that. Uh, for the rest of the week, I might come back on stream for Monster Hunter, DNF Duel, or Fire Emblem Three Hopes. We'll see. Might see me and Gallant on there. I know that they also got Monster Hunter, so we might do that. And DNF. Um, minus you won't be available, but did you have anything else to plug? No, um, no, I'll be out of town this over the okay. weekend, so as we as news comes out and stuff, just stay tuned for the future episodes. Oh, there's okay. always gaming news. Oh, wasn't there always? Holy... Lordy, lordy. Um, just to be clear, folks, <laughs> those wondering, yes, we'll talk about all the layoffs on Tuesday. Oh, me, yeah. me and Ultima never got to do happy shows. Like, I, I've been fighting to make the last few shows on Tuesday happy for the sake of, like, we just, we're never good things. But everyone chooses to be a scumbag on Thursday down because they know they have the weekend to get to have people forget about it. So we always have to cover it on Tuesday. It's a, it's a, it's a vicious goddamn cycle. But me and Ultima will be back on Tuesday. Uh, and then on Wednesday, I will be back here as well on the channel with uh, El Chefe and Gallant for anime uh, for the We Would Trash Talk at 9.30ish p.m. sometime. Uh, and then it will be me and Minus next Thursday again uh, for your second episode of VG Weekly Roundup. You're going to be free next Thursday, right? That's, we, I didn't I'm get something. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Um... But yeah, keep an eye on the socials. You might see some gameplay on there. Some funny bits. Um, we're definitely sharing this the, the Fasting Alive bit. That, that's happening. So if you want to see that and relive it in its glory, believe me, it's going to be out there. Um, but yeah, that's it for tonight. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Have a great day. Peace.